Hello and welcome to the Inner Know podcast with Janelle Bridge, where we talk about everything spiritual development. Let's go. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to my podcast. So in line with the little suggestion box that you guys are using, today what I'm going to speak into is being a parent of a neurodivergent and I guess some of the tips and tricks that I have learned along the way. Now, full disclosure, this is not going to be a podcast where I go, you should try this and you should do this and have you thought this? Because for me, that was like one of the most mind numbing parts was when people would be like, oh, but what about this? And have you tried this? And what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And I was like, just fucking hold me through it. Just hold me through it. Right. So, you know what? This one's also very important if you have a friend or a family member or somebody that you love who is the parent of neurodivergent children. Here is some strategies to help to assist them, to help to support them along the journey. And this is coming straight from the horse's mouth. This is coming straight from what helped me. This is coming straight from what I wish I received um, and straight from what I've learned. So this is a whole jumble episode. I actually had a guest uh, queued up to come in at at 12 and she hasn't showed. So (laughs) I was like, no, I'm committed to recording more podcasts for you. Let me speak into another subject. So, um, so, and I posted about this this morning. So I feel like it all rolls in. So this morning I posted about my 12 year old son and how I wish I had that time back with him. Because I spent, don't get me wrong, I spent so much time present with my kids and we had such beautiful early childhood years together. But I spent a lot of time worrying how Seb was going to turn out, a lot, a lot of time worrying about how he was going to turn out. And I only wish, you know, we have so many wishes. I feel like all of us as parents wish we could go back and do something differently or go back and do something differently. And my only wish, because I'm so glad for the time that I spent, you know, some people go, I wish I just held them longer. I wish I, you know, cuddled them to sleep. And I did all of those things. But my biggest regret is that I wish I didn't spend so much time worrying. I wish I didn't worry about how he was going to turn out. Now, as parents, it is absolutely (laughs) part of, what we are here to do is to worry about our children, you know, is to stress about how they're going to turn out. It's part of it. But for me, I guess I didn't have faith as to how my boy was going to turn out. I didn't have faith that I was leading him in the right direction. I didn't have faith that I was the right parent for him. So there was so much coming up around it for me. There was so much stress around it. There was so much fear. There was so much doubt. And, you know, he was our first child. So we really did not know what to expect. We really had no idea what we were in for. Um, And so when things started to go in quotation marks, wrong, we were like, holy shit, how do we fix this? Now, both my husband and I choose to parent in a way that is very child-led, I guess, Um, and is, you know, I kind of, now that I parent from spirit, I feel like we as parents need to interfere less. You know, we are here to guide and we are here to lead, but we are not here to force or control. So, you know, I feel like the more we can step back and regulate ourselves, the more our children will thrive. So that's why I kind of say childhood. But, you know, um, we were both kind of raised by, I guess, behaviorists. That was the journey back then. You know, that was that was what people did. And it was far less strict than generations before. But there was an element of like, how dare you speak to me like that? Or that's not how we behave in public. And, you know, all of those things, which is super normal. But I guess the more we delve into emotional intelligence and like supporting our children in their big emotions, 
the more I wanted to shy away from things like don't be so stupid crying over that or pull yourself together. Like, you know, all of those super resilient things that that were really common back then. And so we were really like sailing through uncharted waters. And then the feedback that came back to us was that like we were doing a shit job <laughs> because Seb was not thriving at school and he had anxiety. And like, I don't actually like to revisit these times very often because it was so traumatic. But the reason that I'm really, really um, keen to share my story with you is because I wish I heard the story. I wish I heard this story when this was my journey, you know, and I wish I could have directed my friends, I guess, to a podcast like this to let them know how to support me. I remember getting lots of suggestions like you just need to be more like harder on him. You need to be more consistent. You need to be more disciplinary. And when I speak about consistency, both Dan and I are very calm until we're not. So we'd be calm and placid and gentle parenting. And, oh, you know, what about we do it this way? What about we do it this way? And then we'd be like, I don't want to die when we eventually flipped, you know, and that still happens now. We're human. We honor that humanness in ourselves. But, you know, I feel like as parents, we're always, always, always second guessing ourselves. It's actually part of our biology. That's what we're supposed to do to be good caregivers. But sometimes we can lose the joy because we're so worried in the fear of getting it wrong. So I only wish I could go back there and live those years with my kids when they were young without any fear that I was getting it wrong. Because right now I know that I'm getting it really fucking right. And my son is 12, my daughter is 10, and sometimes they drive me bonkers. And sometimes they think, why is it so fucking hard, right? But I do know with my whole heart that they will turn out to be beautiful human beings. I know that with my entire heart because they have me to guide them. They have me to lead them, but they were born beautiful human beings. I don't need to craft them into beautiful human beings because they were born beautiful human beings. So less interference parenting, right? You know, because I feel like we spend our 30s, especially this generation, we spend our 30s kind of undoing the social norms that were kind of pushed onto us, if that makes sense as well. And like coming back to like who we were, um, I don't want my kids to ever forget who they are. You know, I don't want them to ever strive to to fit in. Um, I want them to fit in, but I don't want them to strive to fit in. You know what I mean? Anyway, so here are the tips that I learned. One, regulate yourself. Stop trying to regulate your child. Regulate yourself. That means you need to walk away. If that means you need to say, mom, can you come over? I need to go for a drive. I'm fucking going to pop. Do it. I know the shame that comes with that. I was the mom who wouldn't ask for help. I was the mom who felt shame asking for help. I remember one day my husband was working in the prison at the time and he'd go like, he'd do 12-hour shifts four days in a row and um, he would be, yeah, like he'd be gone and I would be home. He'd essentially be gone before they woke up and he'd be home when they went to bed. So I was like full parenting on my own with like a two-year-old and a baby and a four-year-old and a two-year-old um, through those periods that kind of went on. Anyway, so two-year-old and baby, my, I've only got two kids or two years apart. Uh, two years apart. I'm trying to make it confusing here. But I remember one day Seb like ran off down the street as we were getting out of the car. I was like already done. Annabelle starts running down the street after him. I'm like, get back on her. I think my little dog at the time started running. It was a fucking nightmare. It was like day four. I was done. I reckon they were about four and two at the time. And I just like sat in my front yard. I caught them, of course. And then I just sat in my front yard and I just cried and I cried and I cried. And a lady across the road, her name was Joe. absolutely beautiful. She said to me, are you okay? And I was like, yes, I'm just having a bad day. And she's like, no. And she said, can your kids come over for a play? And I was like, oh, my God, this parent, this lady is like, what a fucking horrible parent. I've got to take your kids off her. That was my my internal dialogue. Because can your kids come over for a play? I've got puzzles. I've got a lab. I've got a fat lab called Daisy. And they're like, yeah, can we, can we go over there? And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. And she's like, 
And, and she said, oh, do you want me to come in and make you a cup of tea? And I was like, my house is so messy right now. Like I'm so ashamed. So shame, ugh, shame is the number one thing that comes up that stops us from receiving support, the shame. And so she said, let's walk over to mine. You come over when you're ready. How about you have some time to clean the house? Would that be helpful? I'll play with the kids for an hour or so. And then, you know, and you can tidy the house and then come over when you're ready. And I was like, okay. I didn't. I rang my friend sobbing that that had just happened and, and dramatizing the whole thing. And then I cleaned a little bit and then I then I rocked up <laughs> and she poured me a giant glass of wine and she said, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. And this is 10 years ago, eight years ago, more. I don't know. My brain's not working today. And she said, my boys are like 24 and 26. They used to do this too. I get it. It's really fucking hard. Like allow yourself to receive some support. And we giggled and I was still so embarrassed, but like something shifted. And isn't it so funny how moments like that, to me, that was a big moment. To her, that was probably a small moment, but moments like that stick with us in our parenting journey when we realize we're not alone. Um, I actually just messaged, I was upon reflecting about Sebastian's journey today, actually just messaged um, a lady who works at the school now, but she was Annabelle's friend's mum. And I remember one day Seb was having a full-on anxiety attack and I was just holding him and they were trying to pull him into class and, you know, do all those things that they do. And I was just holding him and I was crying. He was crying and he ended up going inside the classroom and the teacher said to she now now a receptionist. I think she's a qualified teacher. I don't know. <laughs> she's a legend. Who gets about qualifications, right? She, uh, she's like, are you okay? And I said, I just, I had an anxiety attack this morning because I knew that this was going to happen and I just feel so guilty because he witnessed it. And she said, it's a blessing, something, I'm paraphrasing, it's a blessing that he witnessed it because he will have anxiety at some point, he already does, but he's going to remember when those overwhelming feelings took over his mum and his mum worked through them. So it's actually a gift that he can see you with emotions. And again, the shame the shame divided and disintegrated when I shared my story in a safe place, right? And that I messaged, that was years ago. That would have been five, maybe more years ago. And I messaged her today and I said, thank you. And I shared this with my clients too. Thank you for the ripple effect that you've had on me. So every time we reach out and we help someone who's struggling as a parent, whether their kids are neurospicy or not, we heal. And we give them permission and a nudge to go and heal someone else and help in that moment. So one, drop the shame. It's fucking hard. It is so fucking hard. It is so rewarding, but it's also so hard. So drop the shame about the times that you're like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Drop the shame around the times that you're like, why don't I have normal children? Drop the shame. It's okay. It's okay. It's a normal fucking human thought. Don't get stuck there, but it is a normal human thought. So drop the shame about how your kids are behaving. Drop the shame about having to see the teachers all the time. Drop the shame about wondering how they're going to turn out. Drop the fucking shame and just be present as you are in that moment. So regulate yourself. That's a really important one. You need to learn to regulate yourself. Our kids are an extension of our own nervous system. So if we are frazzled, they will be frazzled. So how can we regulate ourselves? We need to get a bit selfish. We need to take some time out. We need to not be so available. We need to set boundaries, you know? And sometimes we're going to pop. Then we repair. And I've talked about this many times over. Um, stop trying to change your child and change your reactions. Believe in them. That is my biggest one. Believe in your child. 
it's sometimes hard to believe in your child when everybody is telling you they can't behave like that. I remember going to the supermarket and trying to pay and my child would be loud and sometimes they'd be throwing something and, you know, there'd be a well, a well-intentioned but fucking interfering woman on the, on the checkout going, he can't behave like that. Fuck off, scan my groceries and let me get out of here quickly. I'm trying to feed my kids. I'm trying to stay sane. Shut your face. Leave me alone. But we take it as a personal attack on us, how our child is behaving. But they are children. We can only control how we react. And for me, the supermarket was like the biggest stressor. So, you know, one, another big, and this is why I'm such an advocate for coaching, because I always come back to things that people have helped me with through coaching. Having those moments where it's like, okay, yes, I'm in a busy supermarket. Yes, everyone is staring at me and holy fuck, what am I supposed to do? And how am I supposed to react? And how are people going to judge my reactions? Fuck all of that and focus on the child in front of you and put a bubble around the two of you and go, I'm here for him or I'm here for her or I'm here for they, right? And serve them in that moment. If you can, sometimes we can't. Sometimes we're like, get in a fucking car. And you know, that's not a proud parenting moment, but sometimes those moments happen. (laughs) And let's be really honest about them happening, right? Let's divide the shame. Let's do better, but let's divide the shame when things go wrong. When you have capacity, you know, remove, remove the noise from everyone else and focus on the child because the child is who you are here to guide. That child chose you. You are the perfect guide for your children. You are the perfect guide for your children. They chose you. So guide them and fuck off the opinions and the noise of everyone else. Again, do not hold shame around the fact that sometimes you're going to get pulled into them. Sometimes you're going to be like, but I, as I posted today, I had a school principal when my child was seven years old tell me that he doesn't respect authority and normally that will end up in criminal behavior. Paraphrasing, he said my child was going to turn out to be a criminal. And... I look back now and you know what we were called up because they were throwing bits of brownies at cars through the gate, brownies from the canteen, warm, soft brownies. And he said, yeah, but that's graffiti and then it's rocks and then it's this and then no one will care if he has ADHD when he's a teenager and he smashes a window with a piece of concrete because he has ADHD. I'm like, are we fucking going down the line here, mate? Or are we having a laugh at a seven-year-old who's thrown a brownie at a car? Shouldn't have. We'll get, you know, spoken to about it. But like, are we dramatizing things here, bro? And, you know, but all I felt was shame. All I felt was shame. All I felt was shame, 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 shame. So when we transmute the shame, right, we go, hang on a fucking second, calm the fuck down. Probably don't communicate like that with the school principal, but (laughs) hang on a second. Let's calm down. He's thrown a brownie at a car. There's no damage done. Is it disrespectful? Yes. Is it silly? Yes. Is it age appropriate? Mm, Probably. You know, (laughs) yes. Does there need to be a consequence? Of course. He's at school. I get it. But are we dramatizing? And you know what, even more than that, because it was that comment that really started to light a fire under my ass. And that was really when I started to go, I can't handle this. We're getting called to school every day. I can't handle this. And I, on a whim, enrolled in psychic development because it was an out from the real world because the real world sucked for me at this point. And I'm so glad I did because it ignited my inner knowing. It ignited my inner knowing of like, no, what you're saying is wrong. And, you know, I think that we feel um, maybe embarrassed when we say that, like, no, what you're saying is wrong because it's like, no, all right. But when, when it comes to your child, you fucking do know it all. I, you know it all. And my favorite providers, my favorite teachers, my favorite specialists were the one who said, what do you think, mom? 
You've spent X amount of years with him. You know him well. What do you believe? What's your strategies instead of like, well, we find this works or this is how we do things. And I get angry when I talk about it because there's so much like as a mother, as a father, as a caregiver, you know that child best. So advocate for them advocate for them so that's the number one thing that I can can give to you today is believe in your child believe in the best of them believe that they will turn out okay believe that they were born fucking perfect for their purpose here in this world part of my son's purpose is to change people's ways of thinking that's his purpose it's written in his human design and that's what he's done for me it's what he's done for our extended family he's a healer just by his fucking presence just by being you know him himself unfiltered (laughs) feral sometimes And now at 12, I have absolutely no doubt that he's going to be the most incredible human to walk this earth, truly. (laughs) And my daughter at 10, you know? And if anything, I just really want to pass this message on, which is don't waste another moment worrying how your child is going to turn out, even if they're adults, right? Do not waste another moment. Love them as they are. Believe that they have capacity to be the best version of them. Find that belief in them. Find it. And elevate it. Enlarge it. One of the best things that we did was we started to turn a blind eye to some of the shitty behaviours. We're like, all we're doing is telling this kid no. No wonder he has no self-esteem. He's just constantly being told off. Let's start to turn a blind eye to that. Let's start to really like pull out and magnify the good. And as we did that, the good started to magnify. So if you're listening to this and you're not a parent of a neurospicy but you want to know how to support a neurospicy parent, acknowledge their strength. Acknowledge the way they are willing to do things differently. Acknowledge the way they love their kids and acknowledge the beauty in their children. You know, many people would say to me, oh, my God, I don't know how you do it. And it was roughly translated to, I don't know how you do with that kid every day. It's a blessing to have him. Advocating against the real world for him, not so much. Still a blessing, still a lesson, still a service. But notice the good in their child and fucking amplify it, magnify it, bring it to their attention. I'm going to leave it there because I'm going to get real emotional. But our children are perfect. We are here to lead, to gently guide. We are not here to interfere. We are not here to fix. We are not here to discipline them into fucking perfect human beings. They are perfect human beings. And they come here with only love and light in their heart. And they know what to do. We just need to encourage that. Have a beautiful day. Sorry for the tears. <laughs> Something I'm really passionate about. I do have $99 intro coaching sessions at the moment, which go for an hour, sometimes up to 90 minutes. Um, I do work with a lot of parents, you know, who are just at the end of their tether to see the magic in their situation, to hold themselves and to access that inner knowing of where they need to lead their child. Have a beautiful day, my friends. I think you're fantastic. I think your kids are fucking legends, and so are you. Have a beautiful day. Bye.